The International Association for Near-Death Studies presents NDE Radio, a weekly exploration of near-death experiences and similar encounters with the other side. Now, here's your host, Lee Whitting. Welcome to NDE Radio, brought to you by IANS, the International Association for Near-Death Studies. I'm your host, Lee Whitting. Our guest today, who prefers to go by her first name, Lilia, was an NDEer by the age of three. And since then, Lilia has had numerous uh, near-death experiences and spiritually transforming experiences that were spiritually impactful and transforming. These experiences inspired her to devote her life to the service of others and to help raise global awareness about NDEs and STEs. To that end, Lilia has worked as a mental health and spiritual counselor and as a medical and spiritual intuitive for over 35 years. She served as an international veteran NDE advocate and NDE educator. She is a co-associate on Dr. Corcoran's Vet NDE Project and serves on IONS Conference and Military Veteran NDE Committees. Lilia is a student as well of the IM instruction found in the St. Germain series of books. It is through that study that she teaches the eternal connection to our source, the power of one, and the infinite power of love. Lilia, welcome to NDE Radio. Thank you, Lee, and thank you for inviting me to the interview today. Well, it was... Uh, it was fun seeing you at the conference that uh, we just went through. I was amazed at um, the amount of uh, work you were doing there, and uh, it, it's great to have you on the show. Lilia, well, let's let's begin with our uh, with your um, your first NDE. What what caused it, and what you learned from it, and what it's done for you. Sure. Um, well, I want to start at the beginning of when I realized. Um, all the details of my NDE, um, I was reading an account that IANS had put out in February 2017 of an NDE experience someone anonymously wanted to share with the members. And the woman kept saying throughout the presence, the presence, the presence. Well, that word just um, sparked uh, a life-changing STE that led to a spontaneous um, latent indelible memory of my first NDE at age three. Um, and it was um, just the most beautiful, profound experience. Um, at that time, um, all I can just tell you is I felt an avalanche of just an indescribable love, a continual flow of a feeling of ecstasy, something that I felt many times. And all I could just sit there, I was in a restaurant when this happened. And the light just flowed through me and I just, it, something in my heart just expanded and I heard, um, audibly, it's time to tell the world about the St. Germain series books. Mm. Right at that moment, I started to recall the entire experience I had at age three. Um, and what happened was my, my paternal grandmother used to walk my siblings and myself to a, a, a nearby cemetery and it was so beautiful there with a Greco-Roman pillars and flowers, and that day I decided to bring a little box with me to catch a squirrel. They would be running around and catch them in a box and take them home as a pet while my brother mm -hmm. wanted the box. And so we started to pull it out of my hand, and the next thing I know, I began to fall towards a tombstone. But 
as I began falling, all of a sudden, I was just this presence of light up above that little baby body, which at that point I didn't even recognize was me. Mm-hmm. And um, I was just before she hit her head on the tombstone, I was skirted away to a place that was extremely familiar to me that I've always known uh, with beings that I've always known. Now, I don't recall all the details uh, of what happened, what exchange happened there. The next thing, um, I was knocked out for hours, by the way. Uh, and this happened in the very early 60s. The next thing I recall uh, was being the same body of light. Um, and I was just part of all intelligence, all light, all love. There was no time or space. I was not connected to any scene or the persons there. All I felt was love and light. Um, I looked over at a woman uh, who just light was emanating out of her from the inside out, and she was uh, praying fervently. She was asking God to please have this child wake up. Um, And the next thing, I knew I was there for her. Uh, I was there to answer her call uh, for the child. And the next thing I know, um, I was in that baby body, um, and and my head was pounding. It was in excruciating pain, and I felt trapped, like I was stuffed into a box. It was um, such a, you know, it was repulsive to be in that little baby body. And um, my aunt came running over to me, uh, thanking God that I finally awakened. Um, at that time, they didn't take children to the hospital. You bump your head. They didn't know the severity of it. But it was an mm-hmm. extremely impactful memory. Um, and I decided to call um, Dr. Corcoran, ask her what happened to me. She said, Lilia, you've had a, um, a spiritually transcendent experience with a spontaneous recall of your near-death experience at age three. And thank God there was somebody there to explain it because I was a little bit confused. But I have to say that during that experience, when I was told it was time to tell the world about the I Am Instruction, the St. Germain series, my heart started to pound out of my chest. Um, I just had a frantic feeling because I never, ever uh, discussed my private study, which I've been studying this for 40 years. And to go in front of people uh, in the world and talk about this, my private study and this event, um, just filled me with so much trepidation. But this great calm came over me, uh, as if letting me know that everything would be fine. Mm. So, um, now, from, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, um, so from the time you woke up at, at three, did you recall, do you recall recalling any of your experience or was it all returned to you at, uh, age 57? Um, well, initially I, I realized that something had happened that changed me. Um, mm-hmm. Children have difficulty expressing. I thought everybody had these experiences. Um, I didn't know because I could see light everywhere. Um, I could see auras. I could look at a person actually knowing that they were about to pass away. Um, I was unable, I, I was able to see angels and masters and, uh, received warnings. I had many, many close calls with death. I had uh, so many spiritually transformative experiences. I was chasing a hubcap that rolled off of a car. I looked both ways. I was about 
seven years old, and there was no car coming. The next thing I know, I was running across the street, and arms, arms came out and grabbed me by the waist and pulled me aback. Now, Lee, I, that car was so close to me that I actually felt it moving my clothes as it passed by. And if that angel or presence didn't push me out of the way, I would have been killed. But following these STEs, and I've had numerous of them, always was a shakeup of my consciousness. Um, whatever latent talents I may have had um, would come forward. Uh, I became extremely intuitive. Um, I was not able to be lied to. Um, they taught me the difference uh, when they told me to do my search. They taught me the difference um, between the truth and what was not the truth and what that felt like and that I would be given that feeling uh, on my search. So whatever religion or philosophy I would study, and it wasn't that anybody was saying, trying to tell lies. It was just it wasn't a complete truth. So I would hear truth, truth, untruth, truth, <laughs> untruth. And I that was a signal for me that that was not the right thing for me. Um, and only until I became 19, they told me I would find these books. And I, I desperately searched for it. Um, right. And I found it at age 19. But now, every experience I've had between 3 and 19 shook me closer and closer and closer to finding the books and doing my life's mission. So uh, f- before the age of 3, you don't remember having these these abilities. But after the age of 3, is that after your NDE, is that when these um, when you felt yourself evolving spiritually? Well, I have to say that uh, the first memory I actually have was that same presence being above, which was my baby body. And I knew as that light being that she was going to have a very difficult life, but it had to be that way. That's my actual first memory. And I've had spiritual experiences before my near-death experience. Okay. Oh, that's really interesting. So you you were born with this, uh, a lot of these latent abilities, and it was just the memory of the NDE that, sort of made, made them crystallize in your mind. Yes, and as a child, I didn't understand. I would go to church, and I loved going to church. I was raised Roman Catholic and Greek Orthodox. But mm-hmm. when I would sit in church, and I'd be there alone, my goodness, I could see light everywhere, light everywhere. And while I was seeing the light, I understood it. Uh, mm-hmm. But I thought everybody had these experiences. Um, and certainly I didn't share them with anyone. I kept them to myself, and I wasn't able to relate to, especially after my near-death experience at age three, I wasn't able to relate the same way that I did previously. I was more to myself. I did not want to be around any type of conflict or arguments. Um, I was more accelerated. They used to say that I'm like a 90-year-old. Um, they would call me satellite dish. I would tell them, put my attention on something, mm-hmm. and... I would know exactly what was going on, either with a person or a place or a condition. Um, and so things just became very magnified as the experiences continued. They called you satellite dish. Was that in high school? Oh, that satellite dish. Yeah, <laughs> it's quite a nickname. <laughs> yeah. If they wanted um, to know something, they'd say, go talk to Lilia. <laughs> well, it, it seems like that was what was going on at the at the Philadelphia conference too. I think uh, you still have that ability. Yeah, um, I, I, I guess the want there. <laughs> <laughs> um, did you? Um, 
let me see. When you were uh, going to church and seeing the the light, um, uh, did you ever contemplate going into uh, a religious order, becoming a nun, or a, a, you know a, a pastor or minister of any sort? Oh, absolutely. Um, all I ever wanted to do was to be a nun. Um, that was my big wish. And I'd, I'd go from school. I grew up in a very small uh, parochial uh, school, and I would walk the nuns back and forth to the nunnery to, from school and carry their books and packages and would sit a lot of hours by myself in church because I felt very close to Jesus Christ and, mm-hmm. um, you know, and the Blessed Mother and Joseph. And then at 19, when you discovered the St. Germain, how did that differ from your Orthodox training? I don't think it did. I, I just, um, I, I was in the activity of being the Catholic Church and the Greek Orthodox Church, and it felt very natural, but I was far above. Most kids didn't want to go to church. They didn't want to, and the Greek Orthodox, you're there for two hours. I loved it the whole time I was there. <laughs> and so um, it was just like a, you know, walking up a set of stairs for me. I mm. walked right into, um, and what happened was, a friend of mine, I was talking about my spiritual experiences, and he said, I want to loan you a book. And uh, he loaned me that book at age 19. I went home at 6 p.m. I went home. I laid on my tummy with a lamp on the floor. I read the entire book. I mm. read the entire book in one night, and I'm telling you, Lee, this is true. The words came off the page. This was what I was looking for. Um, and the next day when I went to return the book, um, he was so disappointed. He goes, are you telling me you didn't read this book? I said, no, I read the whole thing. And I, I said, I have one question for you. I said, uh, if I follow this instruction, um, can I become ascended? He said, yes. That's all I needed to hear. Because at the age three, I was told that I was to, that I would study these books. And I would apply them and that I was to teach other, not teach other people, but share with other people the impact the books would have on me. And I was to tell them that there was no death, that life is eternal, that the ascension is possible, that eternal life was possible, um, and that the I am instruction would help them attain that. That was the message. Did you ever discuss it with your priest? No. I kept it to myself because I knew, uh, I did a little bit with my father. My father was very cosmopolitan. My parents were extremely lenient when it came to us pursuing um, our spiritual choices. And and um, that was a very helpful experience for me. So, no, I didn't speak to any priest about it. I wasn't really perfect in alignment with the Catholic Church in the sense that I had to go to confession and do prayers because I felt like I was already connected to God and that I could speak directly to him. Yes. Well, many people after a near-death experience, especially as an adult, will tend to drift away from organized religion of one form or another uh, simply because they feel like they've already made the connection that the people who are still going to church are are trying for. Um, Do you think that... um, uh, the notions that you or that people who've experienced NDEs have learned from the other side uh, compare favorably with uh, St. Germain's teaching? I mean, 
a lot of a lot of people who've had NDEs, for instance, believe in reincarnation. Is that part of that teaching? Um, yes. Well, I have to say, in the forty years, <clears throat> like I said, I've never really went out and shared it with a lot of people. But with the near death community in the past seven years, um, when I've told them that these books will give you your answers to your experiences in the light, um, and they took up the books, they were profoundly impacted by them because it. Uh, brought their memory of their experience to the forefront. Um, mm-hmm. Yes, uh, they. And there is a difference between reincarnation and re-embodiment. Re-embodiment is always being a human and born a human, where reincarnation, you could be human one time and a animal or a blade of grass the next time. Mm-hmm. But yes, people are very much in alignment with it um, in the near-death experience. Yeah. And the thing is, is that the I Am Instruction is an education. It's not about religion. It's about education. So it's not, a, for me, about religion. Um, and when I share these, my my uh, experiences, it's not about religion. It's only about giving them an education uh, that was given to me, and I share it. Now, you had mentioned um, Ascendant Masters as being a part of the of the faith of, or of the teaching of St. Germain. Um, mm-hmm. how, do they, how do they manifest in a person's life? And if you wanted to be an Ascendant Master, what would that mean for you? It's everything. I was born very conscious, and I wanted no trial and error. I wanted the truth from the very beginning. And Mm -hmm. I'm so grateful that that was one of the gifts that they gave me to know the difference between truth and what was not truth. Um, The thing that they taught me, too, was never to judge what was not untrue. Because everything is light, and what is not light was an illusion. And not to give power to an illusion, but to the light, to God, to love. Um, and they instilled that very deeply in my heart. So that's the position I come from. So being ascended and being part of being home permanently, um, oh my gosh, everything. It means everything um, to me. Um, so that would, be, that would be the option not to re-embody or reincarnate. It, yeah, but would it be would it be a position where you could help uh, people still alive on Earth? Oh, absolutely. It's uh, I found the I am instruction to be basically, uh, you know, Tony Woody says a flight manual to the ascension. It's the manual, um, and all I can just say it's uh, had an indelible impact in my life. Um, this is what exactly what I was waiting for, and to them. For them to have kept their promise to me that I would find this just meant the world to me. Um, so well, how does, basically, how, how, oh, I'm sorry. Um, I how want to just say that. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I just want to say, um, just as a brief description, um, the I am instruction teaches humanity where God abides, what the power of God is, and how to use that power, and what humanity is supposed to do with it. Um, and they brought it forth. They're infallible. Uh, they're ascended. They're free from anything human. They're not connected to human. And they want us to be free, too. Uh, so their motive for bringing it forth is to give eternal life, to to reconnect you with your eternal life. Do they return to life? Can an ascendant master be reborn like a bodhisattva in uh, Eastern religion? Well, they're eternally free. So, um, and they have 
conscious control of life, substance, and energy. So if they wanted to manifest, do they have to take on a physical body to come back and manifest? Um, if that's an option, I guess so. I, I wouldn't say I'm an expert in all the cosmic laws of the universe, um, but mm-hmm. I think that they can achieve what they need to in their ascended master form and not have to take on a physical form. But they do right. appear before humanity all the time. Now, how does an ascendant master compare to an angel? I believe all ascended masters are actually considered angels. I couldn't provide the perfect answer for that, Lee. Well, we're, we're, we're never looking for perfection on this show, except, <laughs> except <laughs> when we try to, try to envision light, but that's, that's okay. That's, uh, I'm just wondering, you know, one of the, one of the questions I keep, um, raising with my guests is if there is reincarnation and we plan to come back to the earth, why aren't we taking better care of the environment? Because it's going to be a miserable life that we're coming back to if we if we continue the way we're going. Um, is, when you say embodiment, I assume it's a human body that you're, you're talking about. So that would pretty much lock you into the earth plane when you re, re-embodied. And uh, so is there any... Is there any concern in St. Germain for the, the natural world and, and our caring for it, like, uh, you know, the garden God gave us? Um, well, I'll just say that I really don't speak for St. Germain. I can just give you my own thoughts um, oh, of course. from just studying. Um, he's just the embodiment of divine love. So that means he's part of all light and perfection and joy and happiness and beauty. Um, so I would... I would think that caring for the earth um, is just as important as loving and caring for all life. The earth is life, and the life on it is God's life. So that would be under their divine love, their principles of divine love. Yes. Does uh, St. Germain teach uh, uh, any form of a universal consciousness? Like a consciousness, um, even in material things? They emanate what they are, which is all light, and the Ascended uh-huh. Master light, their freedom. Um, so that comes with their consciousness, which is eternal. And, and it's all truth. So that's what they emanate to humanity. And it's very difficult. Um, and this is why it's so difficult for near-death experiencers to come back when being home. Home is in the light. Home is where they've always been. So for them to come back and have that distinct, dense feeling and emotions and everything else, it's so um, so distinctly different from where they just came back from. It's very, very hard to adjust back to that. And actually, many people have conscious experiences with the masters and angels uh, when their physical bodies sleep, and they're not given the memory of it because it's too difficult to come back in this body. So I have to tell you that um, just July 11th, um, I actually passed away during a procedure, and they resuscitated me. Um, and when I and I knew that they did, because I just had a small glimpse of them turning my body over, trying to help me breathe, get my get my breath back. And I have to tell you, Lee, I was extremely angry to have to come back um, because where I was and being back in this body was just. Um, you know, a very big difference, and it was hard yes. to, um, to hard to deal with. So, but look um, at all, 
look at all the good you're you're still around to to accomplish. Oh, I know. I, I have to get over <laughs> it. It's okay. All near death experiences too. But I know. But the thing it, about it, P- Peter Pettigore feels the same way. It's like having a foot in both worlds and wishing that you were in the in the foot that's in the ascendant world. But but we've yeah, got. Yeah, and the thing about it, here's the illusion, Lee. So I'm going to tell you an experience that happened to me just recently. Okay. I was taken to a place um, that was just the most beautiful gold, uh, brilliant gold, and I was encased in this substance of light that was glowing. And um, it, it, the border was like a rainbow-colored pastel. Uh, and I heard, let there be light. If that barrier had not been there, I would have instantaneously merged with it. It was impossible, irresistible not to. Mm-hmm. At that same exact moment, it was like God telling me, there's only light. I had an instant download of everything, and I realized in that moment that that there is only light. Everything else that it, what is not of the light is is an illusion. It's a shadow, and shadows are an illusion. Um, and that made me understand at a very deep level that I am not to have an enemy. I am not to judge, condemn, criticize, or blame. Because whatever I'm responding to that would make me criticize is not real. Only the light is real. Mm. And that has been the illuminations coming to me recently, is to give no quarter to anything that is not in the light and throw all the power to the light. Um, and that's actually what I carry through my whole experience um, through the IONS conference. And I know the masters were there. I know the angels were there. And people have been telling me since, I have never experienced such elevation and love. And I quietly smiled in my heart because I knew that that was the Sunday Master's love. They brought people together because they were like-minded. And when Mm. you have a conference, that's a ceremony. And that's when they especially radiate. So it was a very profound experience. It was an amazing conference, wasn't it? Yeah. Listen, um, would you say then that merging with the light, if that's the highest level that we can attain, which is merging back into God, is that something that um, ascendant masters have yet to do? In other words, do we lose our our self-identification and our ego when we merge with the light at the end? Well, you're asking very deep questions, and it's all embedded in the I Am Instruction. And I would tell you, I'm not a representative of the I Am Instruction. I'm only sharing my impact, the impact mm-hmm. that it's had on my life. So I would tell anybody... Um, if you're interested in learning more, these very deep, profound questions you're asking, um, which I love, they're embedded within the instruction. And, and here's the beauty of it. Uh, this instruction is never allowed to be taught. And the reason why is because uh, the Ascended Masters put a light and sound way over you while you consciously decide to open those books. And they're, the words that you read are like little cups of life that go right into your, your life. It's their life coming into your life. And it's your own source. You're, it comes in, and it's a blessing. So I would tell you to pick up the books. Wayne Dyer is the one who went out and told the world about the I Am Discourses. That was Volume 3, and up until the yes. time that he passed away. So these are the same books. And these books are available on Amazon, right? Yes, they are. Um, I can give you that information where people uh, sure. can find the books. 
And I'll also give you my email. If somebody wants to contact me by email, I'd be happy to speak with them. And I'll also offer a free copy of my story of my NDE and SDE and my experiences in the light. That would be terrific. Yes. So should they just go to Amazon and look up St. Germain? I, um, I, have, it would be I think Amazon. you sent me Germain Unveiled Mysteries, Presence, Discourses. <laughs> yes, the first two volumes are Mr. Ballard and Mrs. Ballard's um, experiences. They're factual events that were described by them meeting the Ascended mm-hmm. Master St. Germain. And they were uh, followed by numerous detailed transcendent experiences that they had with St. Germain. Then Volume 1 and Volume 2 are Part 1 and Part 2. It's called Unveiled Mysteries and the Magic Presence. And then there's a third volume called the I Am Discourses. And that's a collection of word-for-word I Am instruction on the laws of life. And those were dictated over a visible light and sound ray uh, by St. Germain to the Bellers. So the mm-hmm. author is Godfrey Ray King. That was his pen name. Make sure that they're, they're the green books. And you can just get them at Amazon.com uh, and look up St. Germain series books. But I'll give that link to you. All right. And then... Um... Your, um, you had said that you can offer the, a copy of your uh, description of your STE and spontaneous NDE. Uh, yeah. And I have longing for the light for being a number at Outlook.com. Yeah. Is that right? Longing yes, for the number for the light yeah. at Outlook.com. Mm-hmm. Well, Lilia, I think we are out of time for today. Goes quickly, doesn't it? Yes, it does. <laughs> uh, my thanks to you for sharing uh, your story, uh, your insights, and your interest in Saint Germain with us today. Um, Thank you so much, and you're the perfect host, Lee. And I'm so grateful you invited me to speak to your listeners. Thank you. Well, thank you. Thank you for the. For thinking so highly of this show, <laughs> um, I do. <laughs> well, for this is, uh, more this is where on I got I, my earliest studies were from your show. <laughs> well, well, if anyone else would like to look into some of the earlier interviews, uh, they are all still out there. We have a past shows button, and uh, all the I think there are more than three hundred. You're the three hundred and twelfth show, I think, Lilia. So. Um, <laughs> For more on IONS and to get recordings from the 2019 IONS conference that uh, Lilia and I think so highly of, go to iands.org. And if you'd like to listen to this show again or any of the past shows, uh, go to our website at nderadio.org and join us again next Monday, 11 a.m. Eastern for more NDE Radio. This is Lee Whitting saying thanks for listening. <laughs>